What is up, College of Charleston basketball fans? Welcome back to the Holy City Hoops podcast, where we are officially less than a month away from college basketball's return. It's time to dust off the podcasting equipment and get you ready for the 2020-2021 season. First off, I hope you are all safe and healthy and making it through quarantine and social distancing. It's been a while since we had a podcast. We have a lot to catch you up on. But it looks like college basketball is happening this season, whether it goes according to plan or not. It's going to be a weird season, but if Charleston's playing basketball, you know we're going to be here to cover it. So there are a few differences from last March. few updates for you. I'm going to try to run through them as quickly as possible. But in case you missed anything, the NCAA canceled the 2020 NCAA tournament. Charleston starters Grant Riller, Jalen McManus, and Sam Miller all graduated, and the team also saw the departures of underclassmen Jalen Richard, Quan McClooney, and Trayvon Reddish. The Charleston coaching staff reloaded quickly, signing three immediately eligible transfers, senior guard Peyton Willis from the University of Minnesota, senior big man Lorenzo Edwards from St. Joseph's, and junior wing Cam Copeland from McLennan Community College by way of the University of North Florida. The Cougars also have two players coming off redshirt seasons last year, freshman Dontavious King and junior Samba Njai. The Cougars also welcomed three freshmen, Keegan Harvey from Australia, Davian Houston from Texas, and RJ Ogham from Chicago. Moving ahead to this season, multiple teams, including the Cougars, pulled out of the Charleston Classic, which is not happening in Charleston and may not be happening at all, which is a shame because the field for that event was pretty stacked. After a summer of COVID testing, virtual classes, limited practice time, and other restrictions, the Cougar players and staff returned to the court earlier this month. Details of the schedule are still being worked out, but we do know a few things. Number one, CFC will open on the road at UNC on November 25th. Conference games will take place Saturdays and Sundays against the same opponent each week at one site. Starting in January, the Cougars will travel to Delaware, William & Mary, James Madison University, and Hofstra and they will host Drexel, Northeastern, Towson, and Elon. The game against Charleston's travel partner, UNC Wilmington, will be a Thursday-Sunday home road split. The non-conference schedule is still being finalized, but we expect teams like Marshall, Georgia State, South Carolina State, and the University of Richmond to all be included. I think that's everything, right? Our goal over the next few weeks is to get you as prepared as possible for the season, and for the first episode back, we're bringing in the big guns. Both head basketball coaches from the college joined this week, Earl Grant from the men's team, and Robin Harmony from the women's team. First up is Coach Grant. He's been on the podcast before, but we're going to talk Jarrell Brantley in the NBA bubble, newcomers to the team, how the team's going to prepare for this new conference schedule, and we'll talk a little Grant Riller NBA draft buzz as well. After that, for the first time on this podcast, Coach Robin Harmony joins. There's a lot of good stuff happening on the women's team. I talked to her about her all-conference and all-rookie talent coming back. Five new freshmen, including one who was nearly a McDonald's All-American in high school. And we'll talk with Coach Harmony about how she anticipates planning for this conference schedule as well. So it's a double episode. If you're new to the podcast, you can listen on Apple, Google, Spotify. Over the summer, we were added to Amazon Music. Thanks, Jeff Bezos. You can listen to us on your smart speakers, through your headphones, through your phone, whatever. Each week, we bring on a guest to talk CFC basketball. We try to have some fun along the way. Check out HolyCityHoops.com for episodes as well as game previews and recaps. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at HolyCityHoops. Easy to remember. That's it for now. Next up, Coach Grant. After that, Coach Harmony. All right. We're now joined by the head coach of the Cougar men's basketball team here to preview the season. Coach Grant, how's it going? Going really good. Really good. Thanks for having me on, Tom, and 
and, uh, you know, look forward to catching up a little bit. Yeah, well, you're a couple of days into practice. Does it feel more normal because you're back in that routine or less normal because everyone's in masks? I mean, it feels more normal. I mean, it's more normal. It's nice to have a routine, uh, you know, where we can get three consecutive days of practice before taking a day off. And, you know, we can teach. We, we can watch these guys grow and develop. We can start building some team camaraderie. Uh, obviously, we've been able to do that over the last five months with just, you know, doing the small group workouts and a couple practices we were able to have. But but now that we're in a swing of things where we're having practices and we're actually building our offensive system and defensive system and, and uh, watching these guys compete, uh, it it's definitely brings a great uh, sense of normalcy, you know, because yeah. we've dealt with over the last eight months. Yeah, you were uh, you were pretty optimistic when it came to quarantine about, uh, you know, better work-life balance. You weren't on the road as much. One thing I wanted to ask you about because I follow you on Twitter is you seem to be commenting on NBA games a little bit more. Was it fun to be just like a basketball fan during the offseason, not having to do like film study, yeah. just watch, watch and enjoy? You know, it was nice, man. It was nice to see, uh, first of all, to see the NBA come back. Yeah. And be the example for for all of us that hey you know maybe we can play, you know maybe we can play these games and so I think that was the first thing that was refreshing and then it was every every other night it was a game well every night it was a game on because yeah. they were going uh, quick with it you know in the in the series you know one game was the night all right round two of the next series is tomorrow like they they didn't wait they didn't have two and three days in between. So every night you can watch a game. So it brought a great excitement. Uh, and then I think, too, I really felt like the guys competed um, at a high level, and especially when you consider there's no fans in the stands, there's no uh, girlfriend, there's no family member. Uh, but, you know, it's just you and your teammates. And so the guys who really love the game and are passionate about it for the right reasons, they don't need people helping them get fired up are the, are the teams that really was able to have success. You, know, you saw a great competitive spirit, man. And they couldn't draw that from the crowd. You know, I thought that was interesting. I got to say, Jarrell getting some extended play in that final regular season game for the Jazz was a quarantine highlight for me. I just had, like, my phone was blowing up with people sending me highlights, you know, asking if I saw the, the dunk. At the end there, did you uh, do you get to catch that game and see Jarrell play a little bit? Yeah, I did. I did. Me and my boys, you know, and my wife, we were watching it and we were, you know, rewinding. Um, you know, just watching some of his plays, man. I was really happy for him just to see him have that success and, and to do it at that, on that stage. So uh, definitely we're proud of him. And, and obviously we hope that he can continue to build on what he's done so far. Definitely, 100%. Well, let's talk about this year's team because by my count, there could be, when you include Samba and Dontavious King, two guys who didn't play last season, that could be potentially eight guys who we didn't see on the court last year. So to start, could you just give us a, a preview of, of some of those new guys on the team? Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the new ones. I mean, but I think the first thing would be, uh, I mean, obviously I'd be remiss if I don't mention the three uh, staples to the program. The guys who've been around for four and five years, you know, uh, and, and won big games, you know, lost some tough games, but won big games. They battle tested, they got experience. And that would be Zepp Jasper, 
Brevin Galloway and Osanachi Smart. So I think those guys are kind of the anchor of the team with their experience and their toughness. You know, they know the Charleston way. You know, they know how we try to play. They know how we try to win. Uh, and they know what winning looks like. So I think everything starts with them. Uh, and then you throw in uh, two returners that I thought rose to the top, uh, you know, out of the new guys we had last year with Brendan Tucker and D'Angelo Epps. You know, both started to get minutes coming down the stretch of the season. Uh, we could depend on them guys. You know, they were very uh, coachable, uh, and both of them are very talented. So I think their improvement and their work uh, over the spring and the summer, you know, we're going to see a much improved player out of those two going into their sophomore year. Um, you know, the Ensemble's been around for a while. Uh, got hurt, so he hadn't had a chance to play. But again, he, he understands what we're trying to do. And you mentioned Dontavious King set out. So he was in practice every day and he's a talented guy. So, so you're talking about, you know, seven guys right there that got a great feel for, for who we are and what we try to do. Uh, but the new guys, I'm excited about the new guys. Um, you know, Peyton Willis, you know, being a guy coming from Minnesota, playing in the Big Ten um, and being productive in the Big Ten, you know. Yeah starting and playing a lot of minutes, you know, being in games, we got to get 25 and being in games where you just got to get 12 points, five rebounds, five assists. He's done all of that. So to have a guy like him uh, with his size and his IQ, his ability to score, but as well as his efficiency, uh, I think he was one of the top efficient guys, three to one assist turnover, uh, turnover ratio in college basketball, you know, gives us a great uh, player right there. Um, and then we took another transfer, Lorenzo Edwards from St. Joe. He's another savvy veteran, you know, that played a lot of minutes uh, at a high level. Um, he's, had, he's had games of 20, 20 and 12. He's done that before. Um, so just excited that he's bringing experience. I think he averaged about eight points last year. Um, so, you know, those two guys give us great, great experience. Um, you know, we took a couple kids uh, – out of high school, uh, Davion Houston is a is a. Uh, I, I look at him as a, a guy that reminds me a lot of Marquise Pointer. I heard a rumor that Davion Houston can squat the most weight on the team. Yeah, he can squat there? about four hundred plus. So, you know, he reminds me of Jalen Brunson, who played at uh, hmm. you know, Villanova. Yeah. That he is that's great for us, but he reminds me of that. This physical can take a bump, can take a hit. You know, plays off two feet, efficient, uh, really can shoot the ball, can defend. You know, it's a tough guy. It's a good point guard. And so I'm excited about him. Keegan Harvey is a kid from Australia who, uh, you know, his his favorite player is the Joker from Denver Nuggets. You know, that big guy that can make a three and can really pass and can go on the low block and score. Um, you know, I'm excited about him. R.J. Ogham is a kid from Chicago. Uh, 6'5", 225. He's more of a junkyard dog, physical, athletic, long arms. He's 6'5", 225, but he's probably, his, his uh, wingspan probably makes him 6'8". Um, and so really excited about him. And then we got a transfer from a junior college, Cameron Copeland, who's a, it's a talent. I mean, this is a 6'7 guard. It's a talent. And so we got plenty of depth, um, got plenty of experience. And now I think the key is getting the new guys to understand the Charleston way. You know, can we defend and rebound and be tough the way we like to do it? And, and then get us to build some camaraderie. Uh, but those two things, if we can 
when we master that, I mean, I think we've got a really good team. For sure. Yeah, it sounds like depth's gonna going to be an asset for the team this year. Um, I know you're not one to look backward too much, but at the end of last season, it seemed like there was that big home win against William & Mary, and then something kind of took a turn, and the team didn't finish the way they wanted to, get bounced early in the CAA tournament. What do you think happened toward the end of the season, and how did you kind of address that in the offseason? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's something that I think about a good bit. You know, as a coach, uh, the one thing you always – Got to be careful of, you know, you can't say woulda or shoulda or coulda or, you know, things like that because, you know, every season kind of has a life of its own. And so I'm not 100% sure, you know, uh, started out conference 5-0, and uh, lost a couple games, had a big win against William and & Mary. And, and then, you know, uh, you know, we had a couple, we had like a week and a half. Really, it's about a week and a half where we had a little slip up. And uh, we lost some games. We thought we maybe we should have played a little bit better. Uh, but some of that goes into, I think, just understanding when you put on out the college of Charleston jersey that it doesn't matter who you play. Like, it's going to be a fight. I mean, that team is going to come after you. So I think getting our young team last year, you know, we had some we playing freshman some for the first time. And you know, it was kind of a funky rotation for the first time in, in six years. Yeah. And I think it kind of caught us where we brought a knife to a gunfight. That team had a gun. We had a knife. And we just wasn't quite ready. Yeah. Um, it was about to happen and came up short a few times. So, um, obviously, I hadn't forgotten that. And, uh, obviously, I would try to make sure my team hadn't forgotten that. So, we, uh, so when we face those moments again, we can respond a little bit better. I mean, on the positive side, I've heard you say you're more excited about this team than – than teams you've had the past couple of years? Is that just because of the, the new blood, the new energy? Is it, what, what would you say? Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, some of the teams I've had in the past, certainly I had a lot to be excited about. You know, we've had some really good teams and some really good players. I just think there's a feel, there's a certain feel you get, uh, the spirit of a team, the, how they deal with each other, how they show up to practice, you know, their work ethic. You can feel a hunger and uh, I feel a hunger in this group. And, you know, we obviously be talented, um, but I feel a hunger in this group. And, and, and there's this, maybe it's some new blood, maybe it's some guys, you know, just fired up about being here and seeing if we can, you know, what kind of successful season we can have. But I just got a good feeling about this group. And, um, you know, typically this time of year, you know, you, you feel something as a coach. And I feel really good about this, this group we have. And I look forward to us building on what we've done so far in practice and trying to, you know, get a get a competitive edge and get ready to play some games here coming up in November. You feel good. I feel good. That, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, a lot's going to be up in the air this year with uh, the way the schedule is made by the CAA and, you know, all the, the COVID uh, regulations and restrictions. Uh, but the schedule just came out. It's going to be the back-to-back games against the same opponent. What's the biggest challenge in that? I, I was trying to think of like a comp to that. And I remember UCF, Charleston played them close. It wasn't back-to-back, but it was two games against UCF last year, pretty close to one another. You obviously play back-to-backs in, in tournaments, but that's sort of set up. What, what do you anticipate with that? You play back-to-back in tournaments, but you just against a different team. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, a couple of things I'll say about that. Number one, I'm just glad that we got a plan yeah. to play. 
So that's that's the first thing, and that's the most important thing. We're gonna play these games. We got a plan to play, and we hope we get to get to to the floor to play. Okay, so that's positive. Uh, number two, I think you know, just making sure we got quality officials, uh, veterans who can deal with the emotions of what's gonna take place in a back-to-back conference game uh, in the same weekend. Because you know, whatever happens Saturday night in a game, you know, for for my team and whoever that opponent is. We get the same referees the next night. So they got to move on. Yeah. So I hope we got that. And they can just call the game the way it needs to be called um, and be professional about it. Uh, I'm pretty confident that, you know, we'll be able to do that, uh, get the right referees. But in terms of just how do you deal with back-to-back against the same team, I think the only thing you can concern yourself with is, is your team in great shape? Is your team connected? And are you able to execute your defensive and offensive game plan? And don't you can't get caught up in everything else. That's it. Be in great condition. Make sure you're ready to execute offensively and defensively. And are you is your are your team connected? I mean, control what you can control. Because if you get caught up in, oh man, we got back to back games on the road, same team, and how's that going to go? You get caught up in all that. You can't control that. That's what it is. We're playing back to back games. Some days it's going to be back to back in Charleston. Some days it's going to be back, back on the road. Control what you can and just be fired up and ready to go uh, when you show up to somebody's city. seems like you would also have to have some short-term memory. I mean, if you drop that first game, you got to come right back. If you win that first game, you got to forget about it and move on. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, you got to have, you got to have some short-term memory. But again, I think that's why, I think that's why you got to focus on, did you execute offensively and defensively? Because you can't be worried about the game. You got to worry about the possessions. Like, it ain't about the game, it's about the possessions, like winning possessions, because if you get caught up in a game, you're probably gonna get really excited if you win by 14, 15 points. You say, we got it figured out. Right. <laughs> but then you got the team the next day, like you got to get motivated again. Or if you was to drop the first game, you got to get back on your horse pretty quickly. You can't lay down too long. Like you can't wait. I mean, you can't wait to get ready for that next round, man. So it's just, I think it's gonna come down to controlling what you can, trying to play the best brand of basketball that you can play. And it ain't so much about the opponent. It's about you because, you know, you're going, these opponents going to show up or you're going to show up at their place. You got them two games back to back. It's not about the opponent. It's about you. Are you functioning in a way that you can be successful? And I, I think that's what we got to focus on. That's, that's a good perspective on that question. Yeah. Last one I got for you, coach. The NBA draft is coming up next month. You're getting calls about Grant Riller. What are you telling teams? Well, I mean, the number one thing I'm telling people is, uh, first of all, you know, you're dealing with somebody that's loyal, somebody that's tough, uh, somebody that's going to be dependable, and somebody that's going to show up every day. You know, that's what he did for me. You know, for five years, he just showed up. You know, he showed up. Sometimes it was like a possum. You know, you think he ain't really moving around, <laughs> and uh, and he's going to deliver. So, so I think that the biggest thing I I feel for him and the next level is just somebody understanding too. He's been a kid that always had to wait to see who's going to take a chance on him. You know, we took a chance on him. You know, he's been a underappreciated kind of chip on the shoulder type player. You know, we took a chance and he's delivered. You know, he did a lot for this program in five years, uh, had a lot of wins, a lot of successful nights, um, you know, here in our arena, you know, against big teams, on the road, whatever, got us to postseason play. So you got somebody that's going to deliver. But I think 
the biggest thing I would say to these teams, you take a chance, take a chance. He's special, you know, he's big enough to play the point or the shooting guard in the NBA. Uh, he's proven it. Any big game we've had, whether it's VCU on the road or Memphis in the ESPN tournament, you know, he shows up, he goes for 30, you know, you get 30 points and 10 assists, you know, and, games like that so I mean he can do it and uh and he can play the point guard I think that's his best position you surround him with great players where he can go facilitate he's going to do a great job facilitating and running the show but every now and again you're going to look up and he got 30 so that's going to happen and uh I really believe in that kid and I wish him the best as we get ready for this NBA draft in November this is just my opinion I feel like with the way things are minimal training camp potentially next season not being able to work guys out. You'd want a guy who you have plenty of tape on, who can come in right away and play right away, mature. I feel like it'll it'll help Grant out a little bit, but that's just me. Yeah, he's going to deliver. So, you know, I'm sure he's sitting back waiting again to see who's going to take a chance on him. That's what he's had to do pretty much his whole life as it pertains to basketball, just see who's going to take a chance. And so I'm excited for him. And again, I, I'm confident that he'll, he'll be a great uh, professional player. Good stuff, Coach. Well, I appreciate your time today. I know we're excited about college basketball coming back. Excited to see the guys on the court again. Thanks for taking the time to, to kind of preview things for us. Yeah, I appreciate it, Tom. Man. Always good to, to chat a little bit and uh, hope things continue to go well for you. All right. Appreciate it, Coach. See you, buddy. All right. Once again, thank you to Coach Grant for joining us to preview the season. Next up is Coach Harmony from the women's basketball team. Hope you all enjoy. All right, we are now joined by the head coach of the Cougar women's basketball team, Coach Harmony. Thanks for being here. Thanks. I'm glad to be here, Tommy. Awesome. So I know time is hard to track in a pandemic, but you actually had your one-year anniversary at CFC uh, right as things were starting to get kind of crazy. I think you started last spring. So, I mean, just to start by looking backwards, how was your first year? Uh, Was it as you expected? Were there any surprises? What was your kind of overall assessment? Well, I think that it was better than I expected. Um, you know, when you take over a team, you don't know what really is going to, you know, happen. And by just finishing 13 and 16, I think that, you know, we set records that I don't I don't believe that the college thought we would by winning twice as many conference games, um, winning 13 games um, where they won seven and three the years before. And, you know, just coming out and winning our first two CAA games um, where we shock people and, you know, we're going in the right direction and, you know, our players are, are getting better. We're still very young. I started four sophomores and a, a freshman last year. Um, and this year we're going back and forth with only being five practices in that we still have maybe two freshmen that may make the starting lineup. Um, and we signed five freshmen coming for this season. So that's, you know, we're, we're still a young team. Our, our juniors now will, you know, really set the tone for us. But, you know, I just think that it's great to be in Charleston. It's easy to recruit here. Um, you know, once we get them on campus, we pretty much can, can lock them up because it's just gorgeous. You know, we have a just over 5,000-seat arena, you know, right on campus. And Charleston is just a beautiful spot. Um, you know, so – we know that it's something that we can improve and get better. And, you know, to do that, you have to make sure that you get big time players. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a great coach or a horrible coach. If you don't have the, the athletes, you're not going to get the job done. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the first two conference games because 
the game that really stood out to me and I think got a lot of casual fans' attention was that first game against Drexel yep. uh, where, where the Cougars pulled away. Um, Drexel, I think, finished first in the conference. Uh, obviously, didn't get to play in, in the conference tournament, but was that game like a validating moment for your team where you were kind of like, hey, if we play the right way, we can compete with the best teams in the conference? Absolutely. That's what we were selling to them. Like, see, you guys can get it done. You can do this job. You know, and then they came back uh, two nights later and beat Delaware, which, you know, was still, you know, you look at the score, but we were really beating them by 20 points the majority of the game. Um, but then when we went on the road and played Elon and, and William and Mary, the wheels came off quick because we are young. We aren't deep on, you know, we weren't deep and, you know, you get in foul trouble and the bright lights on the road. It just, our, our kids went back to who they were, you know, and it was a little disappointing, but, you know, we, we salvaged them and, and got them to play. And, you know, obviously we, we only, you know, won 13 games, lost 16, but we at least didn't get crushed for every single game that we played you know and yeah. our we, we don't want to be the doormat we want to get better and we don't want to be ninth and tenth slot we want to be in the middle of the pack you know and and that's kind of what our goals are going to be for the for this year is you know try to finish 500 try not to be ninth when we finish to you know move up and you know be somewhere in the middle and that would be a great accomplishment for where we started and where we're going I mean, for, for fans who maybe don't follow the CAA Women's League as much, it's a really strong mid-major league. I mean, we just talked about Drexel. Towson, I think, won last year. Elon's always really good. Delaware obviously had a stretch with Elena Deladon where they were really good. Yeah. Um, was that part of the appeal to, to coming to Charleston? Was like, you're going to be in a really strong mid-major league? And um, how can Charleston kind of bump itself up in, into that tier? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the reasons. I, I think that this job would not have been a good job for a young person because, you know, you look at your stats later and you can't take 16 losses. It's tough to get that back off your record, you know, yeah. to get to the 500 range and that kind of stuff. But I, I think that it's a great conference, and it was one of the things that attracted me. You know, the James Madisons of the world, they're elite. They're up there. You know, yeah. Delaware might take a, a step back. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Drexel, just because – you know, they graduated a lot of players, a coaching change. And, you know, this has been a league that we at least graduated some some big-time players, and that's going to help us, you know, even though we're still young. Um, but it's being on the East Coast was something that attracted me, um, the conference and the beautiful city. You know, it's just – when I, I think I was at the University of Miami 20 years, and Miami's beautiful but it's getting so busy and so overrun now. It's almost, almost overcrowded. But here it's a little bit of be best of both worlds where you have everywhere you look, you see water, you see boats, you know, you can't have a bad day. So you mentioned the young team you had last year, uh, starting four sophomores and a freshman. Um, two of those sophomores were your leading scorers and, and they're back uh, this year. Um, and you mentioned how they'll be kind of leading the team. Um, but you have some freshmen you said you were excited about. So can you give us a, a preview of them and, and kind of how you see the roster shaking out? Yeah, we do. We have, um, you know, we have somebody at every spot right now where, you know, we have Zoe McCary that is a, a post player that's 6'2 and is probably the best athlete on our team. And, you know, she she had big shoes to fill by being behind Aaron Eady um, because Edie was second, I think, in the conference in, in rebounds. And, you know, she's just – a great defender. Um, so Zoe can come in and give Edie some minutes and 
it, it's hard to play kids for 40 minutes. And we did last year, you know, they were going 38, 39 minutes mm-hmm. and you know, that's, that's not enough rest for the whole length of the season. So Zoe will be able to help Edie out a little bit with that. Um, we have Tyler Gray is from Maryland and she's a point guard and we're going to put her today in with a starting group because we just feel that Tyler Collins, who was our point guard last year, yeah. is better at the two guard um, because she's a better shooter. She can still get the ball to the rack. And, you know, it, it's tough to be a point guard and also be one of your top scorers. So we're going to move her to the two spot and let Tyler Gray have a shot at that. Um, Chelsea Wooten is another two, three guard that we have from Dallas. And, you know, she's going to be able to come in and make an impact. She's one of those wow kids that she can, has great handle. She can shoot it off the bounce. She can, you know, shoot the three. She has a, she's a great passer and she has just a really good court sense of, of what's going on. Um, so she'll be able to come in and, and get some minutes and help us. Amira Williams is from North Carolina and she's an athlete that's built like Therese Perkins, who was hmm. our leading scorer. Um, yeah. they, they just have like the perfect, she's a little bit thicker than Therese, but they still have that same body type. Uh, Taylor Williams is returning. That was the, on the all freshman team in the conference. And the three of those guys, you, you could look at them quickly and think it's the same person. So that's wow. that's going to be a really nice – it's a fit for us that they fit our style where we defend for 40 minutes and, you know, dribble drive where we want to get paint touches and just being really athletic. And Amira, she's been working with the starters just because she's probably our best defender. She's even a better defender than Therese and, and Taylor. So we expect to get some minutes out of her. Um, Annika – uh, McGarity, she is a knockdown shooter. She is just a kid that can shoot the three like you wouldn't believe it. And it's something that we're missing because, you know, we think that, oh, you're a great three-point shooter. Well, what's your percentage? Oh, 30%. No, she's going to be up in the high numbers in the 40s mm-hmm. and 45 because um, she's just – that's just what she's really good at. She's a pure shooter. And, you know, we feel that with our style that we do need somebody that can – we drive and kick. you got to be able to shoot the three. You know, yeah. this is the team that you can play on and we never tell you, hey, don't take that shot. You know, and and they have the green light. So it's it's somebody that she can pretty much get it done. Um, I'm just looking to see here if I'm forgetting anybody else. I think I think I hit them all. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it sounds like depth is, is something that's really going to be helpful this year. You won't have to play so many, you know, 40 yeah. minutes. It's uh, what we were missing last year that we'd get in foul trouble early and then we'd have to dial down. And there was such a big drop from who was starting and who was coming in. Um, so now, you know, I, I think that I could have our, our first team and our second team, they compete, they battle. And a lot of times the second team beats the first team. Hmm. So either I don't have the right starter yet, could be, but it's a good problem to have yeah. that, you know, in the, in the, in the past last year, the first team would just dominate and, you know, they didn't get better because they knew that, oh, well, I'm not in the mood today. I'll just go through the motions. Now, if that happens, someone could take your spot and you might not get it back. So it, it's a good thing for me to have. And, you know, and that's that's what we were missing is just getting that depth and have someone come in. And, you know, that way you come to work every day and do your job. It sounds like you were definitely going after a certain type of player that will fit the way you want to play, whether it's, you know, defending the whole game or, or being part of that drive and kick game. Is there like a personality trait you're always looking for or like something else that like fits the mold of the players you want to recruit? 
Well, we recruit athletic players, um, and it is because we want you to defend. And, you know, we don't play too much zone, um, so we can play man. You can do full-court press, and we do a run-and-jump full-court press that has different looks, whether it starts in a zone or stays in a man-to-man. And um, you have to have the bodies that can do that style. That's why when you take over a job, this is my system, but if I don't have the players to do it, then you have to just kind of only do a couple things. And now that we have players that can not only do it, they're built for it, you know, and that's kind of what we look for when we recruit. You know, you always have to have someone put the ball in the basket, but you want to get that athletic kid that can defend and, you know, drive and get fouled and hit free throws and just, you know, overround basketball players. But, you know, it's, it's hard to build your program. And I think that we have a really good jump on what we did just on one year of, of signing players. Yeah, those types of players are so easy to root for too. You know, the ones who, who leave it on all on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I asked Coach Grant the same question. Uh, with the schedule coming out recently, and with these back to back games against the same opponent, mm-hmm. what what do you think are, are the biggest challenges there? Is it like lack of rest? Is it like game planning over like a twenty four hour period? How how do you see that? Well, it does make it nice that it's the same team that you're going to play. So once yeah. you do the scout one time, it'll be maybe a couple adjustments. You know, you'll see what play calls they have, and well, shouldn't be any surprises. And then you play them right away. So if you get beat, you might be upset and say, you know what, we're not going to let them beat us twice. So that might be something that helps. But with back-to-back games, you do have to have a lot more players to come in and play and, and yeah. rest. And you're talking treatment, ice baths, recovery. And really, it's going to be a big mental part of it. Because these guys are 17, 18, 19. They never get tired. But it's the 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 mental part of another game but see games are supposed to be the fun part so they shouldn't be too upset with that you know i'd rather go ahead and play that game than have to go through another practice if i was a player and had eligibility so i i think that as long as we keep our kids healthy you know with COVID, it's a whole nother issue you got to be lucky um and play a lot of kids you know and we're just going to have to have growing pains and live with someone coming in and making some mistakes early but once they get used to it, then we shouldn't really miss a beat. And I think that that'll be a luxury if we can go 10 deep. Well, it's it's uncharted territory for everyone. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how, how teams handle uh, those circumstances. But Coach, I know we're excited about the women's team. Uh, the arrow is definitely pointing up with that program. So yeah. um, really excited to, to see everyone this, this fall. And uh, thanks for taking the time today. It was, it was great chatting with you. And Looking forward to the first game. Sounds great. I appreciate it. And we'll see you guys there. And we just need to get fans out and give us a chance to prove that we can play and you'll enjoy it. So come watch it. You know, that's what we're hoping for now that if we can do some double headers, that we'll get some of the early arrivers to come watch us, see right. us for 10 minutes and go, hey, wait a minute, they're not so bad. Let's come to the game next. And that's kind of the way that we built it up in the past at other schools where. We started with, you know, 50 fans and we ended it with 2000, mm-hmm. but you have to win. You have to put on a good show and people have to be willing to come out and give it a look. Yeah. I used to love the doubleheaders when I was in school, like a Saturday yeah. doubleheader with the, the men's and women's team. Um, all right. Well, thanks coach. All right, Tommy, uh, we'll thank we'll you. let you get back to it. All right. Appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. Once again, special thanks to coach Grant and coach Harmony for coming on the Holy City Hoops podcast. 
If you guys enjoyed this, remember to subscribe and rate and review the podcast on the app of your choice. We'll see you all next week.